0: This is There's Power in Your Story podcast, where we talk about faith, health, and wellness. Feel welcome to learn more about me by visiting DrVeronicaHardy.com or VeronicaHardy.com. Also, stop by my YouTube channel, Dr. Veronica Hardy. There are so many great videos there with insights that I hope you can gain and learn from. During the discussion today, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Ashley Elliott. She is a faculty member at Oakland City University. And she is joining us today to discuss a little something called switch theory. Let's take a moment to get to learn more about Ashley. Ashley, I'm so glad you're joining us. Could you take a few moments to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Veronica, for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am a professor at OCU, which is a a small Christian college in Southern Indiana, and I oversee the psychology and addictions counseling program there. And then my husband and I, a little bit over a year ago, back in 2019, started a life coaching ministry side hustle thing where we're just trying to help people have better relationships. And so the main thing that we've done is just record some videos. And then we've been able to like get them out and get that information to people and help them with grief and relationship struggles that people have.
0: I know that you also develop courses as well. Could yes. You tell our audience about that too.
1: Yes. Yeah. So these video um, series that we've created, we've turned it Turned them into courses. And so people can take them, and they're self paced opportunity for people to, you know, get mental health help on their own. It is not specifically counseling, but they are very therapeutic in nature as that is my background. And my husband has um, some background there and then ministry and mental health as well. And so the grief program, you know, we, we have a system that we go through, but it's to help people overcome their grief. And so we offer, you know, hope and help and guidance, some steps to follow but it is you know, something people can just watch and then kind of participate at their comfort level if they're kind of going through that process. And so we have another one called Do Hard Things. That's our free program, and it is a program to help people reach big goals. So we all do hard things every day, but just kind of helping us to think, okay, if I have a new hard thing that I want to get through, then how can I do that? And so we've created these programs to be super simple for people in their busy schedules to be able to reach the goals that they have.
0: And that idea of dealing with hard things, I know that has to resonate with many people. So the course mm-hmm. you have developed, uh, I'm just going to assume that they are receiving a good response. And yes. I hope that even our listeners will connect more to it.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, we've had so many people that have just said that they've been able to, you know, work through their grief, especially it's been helpful for them and kind of process their own thinking. So one of our courses called why people leave and helping people understand their own mental processes and maybe the mental processes of other people when they left a relationship or a job, all those different things that are the inner workings of our mind that sometimes we forget to take time to pause and to reflect And, you know, we've had a lot of people who've said that it's been helpful for them. So it's been so encouraging that we've been able to reach people and provide encouragement for them along their journey.
0: And as I, as I listen to you, I know one of, well, the focus of this podcast, there's power in your story is about that integration of faith, health and wellness. Mm -hmm. So I hear it tied into so much or just about everything that you do and that you deliver to other people.
1: Yes, we love to help people to kind of begin to unpack, you know, their own spiritual journey, their health journey, whether it's mental health or physical health, but kind of see that intersection there. So I love the work that you do and we've you know, had many great conversations because of that. And definitely we love to help people to explore those areas of their lives.
0: And also You have a very creative mind when it comes to families, uh, marital relationships, and working to speak to their needs or uncovering what the conflicts are in those relationships and being able to respond to it and also helping people to reflect on themselves and the way they think. And you have something creative called switch theory. I'm very interested in learning more about this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this is a theory that I've kind of developed over the years. And it has been a couple of years now that it's been published in different formats. And so we've been excited to get it out a little bit more to the masses. But I'll use a simple example. If you kind of think of of just any basic new relationship, a new best friend relationship or a significant other relationship, we tend to kind of start off in this positive space. Mentally, we're excited. We've got great expectations about where this relationship may go. And in time, we may stay in that positive space. Or unfortunately, sometimes we kind of drift over into this negative space where we start to have unmet expectations and feel a little bit more disappointed about the relationship. And at this point, we will oftentimes work to get into a more positive space. We'll think, do I need to have a conversation? Do I just need to kind of change my belief system a little bit just start being more accepting about certain behavior? And if we don't reconcile that cognitive dissonance and kind of move ourselves back to the positive space, Then we might find ourselves wanting to distance ourselves or even leave that relationship. But sometimes we can get back to that positive space. And that's where we kind of get this term switch theory, where we're switching from a positive to a negative space or from a negative to a positive space. And so it can go either way. But as I've kind of tried to articulate what seems to be going on mentally, it's just opened up this world of question and possibility, and also hope for so many people. Because whenever someone begins to think about leaving a job or leaving a marriage, leaving uh, even a city, they are, you know, they are oftentimes in this negative space. Now, of course, there's a positive space <laughs> where people just get this amazing job offer, or these opportunities, but that's usually not where someone goes to counseling or needs extra help. And so that's where we focus the majority of our time you know, and attention with Switch Theory is that negative space where we kind of drift, drift there.
0: And you made so many points that I want to tease out a little bit. Okay. You you use the statements of of cognitive dissonance. Could you Mm -hmm. say more about what that means?
1: Yeah. So cognitively, we've got a lot going on and cognitively means like our in our thinking and then that dissonance is kind of this rub that occurs and so cognitive dissonance is when we have like these two conflicting thoughts especially like patterns of thoughts and so in our mind they said in like the marriage education world like we have this partner in our head and that was one of these terms that kind of stuck with me like it is interesting that sometimes we'll just have all these negative thoughts that are grouped out and if you know our spouse does one thing to frustrate us all of a sudden it's in this like negative file folder our negative negative partner in our head. And I think that sometimes we compartmentalize these things. And that's our way of trying to reconcile that cognitive dissonance. That my partner is great. No, my partner is awful. My partner is great. And and we end up shifting you know, kind of from this like positive space, negative space, and this mentality. And we're just trying to reconcile that dissonance. So I encourage people to think about the dissonance that's there, not just ignoring it because sometimes that's what we do to be in a positive space. We're like, Oh, we just don't deal with it. And in fact, we do deal with it later and <laughs> you end up triggered and we end up mad or we yell or we do something that's a negative behavior because we didn't deal with it initially. So cognitive dissonance is a fascinating you know, issue, a thing that happens, you know, as our body is trying to reconcile with these, you know, conflicting thoughts that occur.
0: Yes. And you mentioned how it's the negative space that most likely leads someone to pursue counseling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. People usually will kind of say, I don't like what I'm experiencing and maybe I should get help. And a lot of times I think that's why couples don't go to counseling together. Well, (laughs) a lot of times one person will go, they aren't ready. They're not in a negative enough space. They haven't, they don't see the problem. They don't, you see that they're marriage is falling apart or whatever it would be. But whenever there's an individual, usually if they're ready, it's because they've kind of felt like I want to be in a positive space, but I find myself in a negative space.
0: Yes. And it's so interesting as you speak about the positive space and the negative space, and maybe they didn't get to the point enough to receive the counseling, uh, but eventually they do hit that point possibly. And it sounds like a self-awareness issue too.
1: Yeah. It's such a great thing for us to take the time to say, am I in a positive or negative space in this relationship? So pick the relationship. Am I in a positive or negative space? And then do I find myself drifting frequently? Cause some people will stay longer in one or another you know some people say I don't tend to be a very optimistic person and that might be because they kind of camp out build a house in this negative space and so raising that awareness to where do we tend to camp out in in our relationships and sometimes we'll feel like one thing happens and we might say be grieving and we feel like we're in a negative space with every relationship with at work, at home, family, church, whatever it is, and we can kind of work through our grief and get back to a positive space with everyone. But it can also be very individualized with the relationships. I can be in a negative space with my husband, but a positive space with one of my friends. But A lot of times it kind of seeps out, right? These people say about moms, like if mom's happy, everybody's happy. Oftentimes if we're not in a positive space, it will kind of come out in other areas and make us kind of in a negative space with other relationships as well.
0: And a benefit of how you describe this are the analogies that you use. You mentioned about those file folders, those mental file folders that we tend to store away. And where do we camp out at? again that self-awareness paying attention to ourselves our thoughts and where are we pouring our energy into so great analogies to help the audience or the listeners understand
1: thank you Mm -hmm.
0: and when we speak about switch theory i'm very interested in learning about what what led you to develop this particular theory
1: I think my desire to really help people have better relationships and then consistently seeing people struggle and having good relationships has been one key element, but I've had just so many areas where it applies to, you know, like I said, it applies to work, it applies to family, mom and dad, mom, sibling, those type of relationships. And then also the intimate relationships and addictions that I oversee the addictions counseling program, OCU, and just realizing through assignments I created for students that they want to be in a positive space with their addicted loved one, but they just feel so disappointed. They didn't expect them to fail or to struggle so much. And then the conversations that they have usually didn't go well. And so they'll find themselves like, I'm not having a conversation. That's no longer an option. And so seeing how we're kind of all following these similar patterns of, I'm not going to say anything. Okay, finally, I'll say something. If it doesn't go well, then I'm never saying anything again. And how we, we don't give ourselves as, as much creative space to keep trying different things. We just kind of say, I'm out of options. And so for me, just seeing this replay over and over again in so many lives, I just kept trying to articulate it. So I remember just being in my office and with a student one time and just like whiteboarding it out. I'm like, okay, so I don't know. It's like there's this positive space and then drawing it, you know, and over the years, we've kind of developed it and created different graphics to try to help illustrate this point. It's pretty simple, but it's this complex inner working that's going on in our mind that's kind of difficult to completely understand.
0: And I can see how many people would think they are limited to just two options. Mm -hmm. There are so many more out there. I like how you shared the story about your student and you just whiteboarded it. Here are all these other options for responses that you could engage in.
1: Yeah, we tend to think, you know, whenever someone upsets us, I can either speak about it or I can stay quiet and a lot of times people will start off like i'm just not going to say anything maybe i'll give it a, another day or something but even if they do choose to speak about it they don't kind of consider oh my tone matters if my husband doesn't do the dishes and i come home and i say i thought you were going to do the dishes get over here and do them like i actually can be creating a lose lose because i'm complaining and barking rude orders where I create the space. Like if he jumps up at that moment, then he feels emasculated. But if he doesn't, then we're in a fight. And so I created a lose lose based on myself being in a negative space. And so if I have a wish, if that's the dishes to get done, then I can take time to say, how do I ask for that in a respectful way? Because I can just as easily, well, maybe not mentally easily, but literally I can say, Hey, would you be able to do the dishes today? Because I'm going to be working late or whatever it would be. And he can say yes or no. But what happens at anger is you know this is that you know, anger makes us feel powerful. And whenever we feel vulnerable, we ask for something, we feel weak. And so kind of being aware that, hey, I want to be in a positive space, they want to help. We're on the same team. Complaining isn't asking for what I want. Okay, I can do this. Just reminding ourselves over and over again that these processes do help us have better relationships. And so we don't just have one option. We don't have just two options. We can speak, we can yell, we can slam doors, we can stonewall, we can run out the door. I mean, there's so many different things that we can do and just learning. There's a lot of unhealthy things that we choose, but how do we choose options that are going to help that relationship in the long term?
0: And paying attention to something that seems so simple as our tone of voice, mm. how that can elicit some type of emotional or behavioral reaction in someone else and adjusting how we use our tone of voice can affect the response that we receive. So for again, sure, all, yes, all going back to paying attention to ourselves and those multiple options that you just talked about.
1: Yeah, for sure, I think learning The people around us is important, but we don't often take time to learn ourselves like what makes me angry? What makes me sad? Do I have triggers? Have I been triggered today? You know, taking time to ask those questions, but then I could take it a step further and every member in my household or in my immediate family. Do I know that about these people as well or my coworkers? You know, there's so much that we could learn that we just don't have the capacity to. you completely do every day. But if I see that my kid is escalating, you know, they're starting to raise their voice. They're feeling frustrated. If I throw gasoline on the fire, obviously we're going to have an explosion. But if I can learn to help them de-escalate, get them back to a positive space, then I can help. And so my husband asked a great question. He say, he says, what do you need from me right now? And that's just such a de-escalating question. I'm like, I can do this. Okay, what do I need? But it's pushing me to be self-reflective instead of reactive, and so just taking time to you think about the practical practical things that we actually already implement that helps us get back to a positive space can then help us learn to then apply those areas those to other areas of our lives as
0: well. And you've given so many examples of how people can use the ideas behind switch theory. Are there any other examples you can give if someone wanted to apply switch theory today? What could they do?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, first step would be, like I said, you know, asking yourself, am I in a positive or negative space? You could even do that, you know, if you pick one or two relationships, but then pick someone or some relationship. If you say, maybe I'm kind of teetering to a negative space, then asking yourself, like, what is it that I do? when I'm in this negative space, do I try to get back to a positive space or do I, you know, end up finding myself considering leaving because we have this leaving cycle that can occur. Positive space, negative space, mm, new relationship, mm, new job, new church, whatever it is. We get to this. Oh, we have all these expectations. It's going to be great. Positive space is where we start out and we get to this negative space. So just learning the cycle that could definitely be a really great place to start. But then we all, whether we're making a manual reset or kind of coming back one by one, we can evaluate how do I behave? Am I talking about it? Am I staying quiet? And what are these behaviors that I could do to be different? You know, maybe I'm learning I don't want to complain and complaining is usually my go-to, or I don't want to yell or leave the house whenever I'm angry, you know, those types of things, but kind of paying attention to those negative behaviors. And then what can I do to replace them with more helpful behaviors? Like you mentioned the tone of voice, you know, maybe I could start to pay attention and I always try to encourage people start by awareness. So I give three A's, The first step is awareness. The second step is to assess. So assess, what can I do about it? Okay, I notice I do. I raise my voice. Second step, assess. Why do I raise my voice? When do I raise my voice? Am I more tired? Is it on Monday? Is it whenever I'm overstimulated? You know, look at all those things. And then the third A is to act. What am I going to do about it to be different? I'm going to look at HALT, H-A-L-T, don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, tired. You know, If I avoid getting in these situations where I'm overstimulated or overtired, over hot, I'm more likely to get angry and raise my voice. And so I'm going to remove myself in those situations, step outside and take a deep breath and come back a few minutes later. But learning to just recognize them, their symptoms, our symptoms, and then do something differently about it. That's, that's what I love about it. It's super practical, but it is this complexity of understanding what's going on inside of ourselves.
0: And as I listen, this, the scripture of of Romans 12 and two comes to mind about us being transformed through the renewing of our minds. So going through this place of change,
1: mm-hmm. which is
0: process and renewing is ongoing. So when you gave those, those steps, this there was this process of constantly paying attention to yourself, evaluating yourself, and then how am I gonna work to do this differently?
1: Yes. And I love that verse so much. I mean, God renews our minds. It's not our power, it's his power, but it's us saying, God, I want you to renew my mind. And the fruits of the spirit, you know, it's it's just that it's the fruit of the spirit. The spirit produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of these great characteristics that we all want. Those are all these positive space characteristics, you know, the, the fruit of selfishness, envy, strife, all these, it's all within this negative space. And so God has created this book that can give us hope and encouragement and guidance about restoring our mind, but yet it's so hard because at the end of the day, we all struggle With positive thinking. I mean, some might be super, super positive, but even then, it is an act of work. It takes you to say, Lord, renew my mind. And another one of my favorite verses is second Corinthians 10, 5. It says, I take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so that's the daily practice for me. I'm saying, Oh, nope, I'm going to think positive thoughts. And a lot of times, I will say, Thoughts, nope, go present yourself to the Lord. And I know that sounds a little strange, but That's what the scripture tells us. You know, you can take your thoughts captive. Now we can't physically, but we can mentally say, I am stopping this. Lord, let me put something better in its place. And then that's when we can go back to the Romans verse, you know, Lord, my mind is renewed. I'm going to focus on good things. I'm going to be thankful right now. And I know that you can help me navigate this territory. So I don't think it means that we ignore. It doesn't mean just because we're going to scripture that we say, I don't deal with conflict or I don't deal with this issue, but to know that we can deal with any issue from a more positive space rather than from a negative space. And that means like out of love and hope and optimism toward the relationship, not the behavior necessarily, right? People have sometimes atrocious behaviors that are not good, and we don't need to endorse them, but to remember that God's word has given us this instruction manual, he's given us this instruction manual, where we can go to him for hope and restoration.
0: Wow, uh, and I know your husband is a pastor, could you mm-hmm. say more about the church that you two are at, or more of what could be received there, if you offer the courses there as well, we'd love to hear about it.
1: Yeah, so my husband is a pastor locally in southern Indiana and we we help with youth ministry there. I help with the worship team. So he's on staff and I'm just a volunteer, but we love to do workshops. We do marriage workshops and different things. So we have some different classes. Like I'm getting ready to teach a prayer class, but most of these are all face to face and we have some things that are offered for students, but mostly that is just kind of in the local the local community, but that's where we've created our website because we wanted to reach more people as a couple and that's where we created Elliotlifecoaching.com where we have some blogs we have relationship relationship focused blogs, videos that you know might be work focused some of it's just spiritually focused and some of it's family and so we kind of hit all of these different areas of mental health, spirituality and relationships.
0: Awesome. And you know, I could talk to you all day. I I always enjoy talking to you. I agree. If there was one thing that you really wanted to leave our listeners with,
1: what would that one thing be? Remember that there's hope and that hope will inspire you if you keep focusing on it. I think that that's, that's, my key. I've always gone to the Lord with all my problems, and maybe not all of them. You know, I have to go through a process, but I try to go to God with all of them. And even in the biggest situations when we've lost babies, when we've gone through this crippling grief, I've said, But God, I turn to you. You are my hope. And as I feel like through my relationship with Him, you know, He's revealed some of these things to me. I just see the gospel, I see the cross, I see that Jesus died. And he came into this world not to condemn us, but to save us. It says that in John three seventeen, but we can have hope. And that comes through a relationship with him, of course, but also then giving him our thoughts daily. And so becoming aware of our thoughts is the first step to be able to giving it to them. So remembering that God is our hope and our encouragement and that we, we do have more hope than sometimes we realize when we get into a negative space, we can't see the hope. But when we remember what it was like to be in a positive space, sometimes just opening that filing cabinet can remind us, Oh, maybe there is hope and maybe I can get through this. And that's, that's what I want people to see that there is hope out there. Thank
0: you for sharing about that hope. And, and your experiences like you mentioned about miscarriages. And I really want to encourage our listeners, when you can go visit the YouTube channel, Dr. Veronica Hardy. I did a previous video discussion with Ashley um, where she spoke about cognitive behavioral strategies and coping with grief. And just to me, it was outstanding. And I believe that that would bless your life as well. So, Ashley, I thank you for meeting with me at that time and meeting with me at this time. Now, how could others connect with you if they wanted to learn more about you, your classes or other types of services you provide?
1: Yeah, we would love to connect. I would love to connect. So our website's the easiest way, ElliotLifeCoaching.com, and it's two L's and two T's in Elliot. And then we have social, all our links to social are on there, but Instagram is Chuck and Ashley coaching and all the other links are on there, but we have YouTube and Pinterest and some of those others as well. But ElliotLifeCoaching.com. we've got blogs, tons of free resources. We've got reading plans on you version. We're so excited about a new one getting ready to come out next week. That's on spiritual intimacy as couples. And so just been so thrilled to have some opportunities to continue to help people grow spiritually and grow in their relationships.
0: And thank you. Thank you for this discussion about Switch Theory teaching us something new to really tune into ourselves as well as the people around us. I'm hoping to have you back again in the future as well.
1: I would love to. It's been such a pleasure.